1: believe that we are halfway through the month of june it is out of control i am your host james seltzer and back from his uh, gallivanting around vegas no he actually uh, according to the twitter feed and the pictures i saw it looked like this man had a very good time out there and uh, uh that's mr benny Ricciardi. my co-host glad to have you back ben ben how was uh how was vegas brother
2: I mean, I don't know if it's even possible not to have a good time in Vegas. It's you got to actively, yeah, you got to actively try to, to ruin your trip, and you know, I definitely did not actively try to do that. So, had a lot of fun, saw a lot of my, uh, you know, my old buddies who I used to play basketball with, with when I was younger. One of our friends got married out there, so you know, it, it was a good time. Uh, you know. A lot of guys that that are married and have jobs and stuff now. We don't get to hang out all that often, so you know it was cool that we were all together for about four or five days. So definitely a lot of fun. Did okay gambling. My wife did better shopping, so <laughs> probably probably a net negative for the trip. But you know everybody had a good time, so that's all that matters. There
1: you go. As long as you make some of that shopping money back, you know, yeah, that, you, you factor in a little bit heading out, but. Um, and I'm stuck here with a with a construction crew outside my door pounding away in Philadelphia. So Benny's living the life, and I'm here just doing my thing. Uh, all right, Benny, let's hop in. We got a we got a full slate of games to get to, We've got a. 5-day games and then 10-night uh, games. So so we'll run down the slate real quick and we'll jump right in. We start out in our favorite place for hitters, Coors Field, as your Yankees head to town. Ivan Nova taking on Chad Bettis at 3-10, righty-righty matchup. Then we head down to Santiago as lefty Justin Nicolino on the Marlins take on Luis Perdomo. Uh, It's a fun name to say. You know, I love Julius Chassin, so Luis Perdomo is a good one as well. Then we head out to a 340 start as well in Arizona. Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers head in to take on Patrick Corbin. We've got some lefties going today. Uh, 345 start in San Francisco as Milwaukee and Jimmy Nelson head in to take on Johnny Quaid, who's been great for the Giants. Then we head out 405 start last of the day slate in Washington as Jason Hamill Heads in with the Cubs to take on Steven Strasburg. Nice pitching matchup there. Then we get to the night slate, the main slate, starting at 7 o'clock in Boston. Steven Wright, the knuckleballer, has just been terrific, hosting Kevin Gaussman and the Orioles' righty-ready matchup there. We head to Philadelphia for a 7.05 start. Uh, Toronto heading into town, a little interleague action there. We've got Marco Estrada taking on Jeremy Hellickson. Estrada's been been pretty good of late. Uh, then we head down to Atlanta. We've got a few 7-10 starts. The first one's here, Anthony Desclafani, another fun name to say, against Bud Norris as the Reds take on the Braves. Then we head out to New York as uh, Noah Syndergaard on the hill. I'm sure there'll be a lot of DFS ownership there. Jeff Locke, the lefty, and the Pirates will head into town, take on Syndergaard. The last of our 7-10 starts in Tampa, Drew Smiley, struggling lefty for the Rays, taking on Writing Nate Carnes and the Mariners. We'll see if Smiley can get back on track there. And then a seven fifteen start in St. Louis, Adam Wainwright, who seems to have righted the ship a little bit no pun intended uh taking on colin McHugh and the astros a uh, couple eight o'clock hour starts eight ten in chicago chris sale and the white Sox host mike pelfrey and the tigers a bit of a pitching mismatch there we had to kansas city eight fifteen, corey kluber and the indians taking on ian kennedy and those royals uh two more games on the slate both ten oh five starts the angels host the twins tyler duffy against lefty hector santiago and then we Round out the night with another righty-lefty matchup as the Rangers and Derek Holland head into Oakland to take on Sonny Gray and the A's. All right, Betty, let's start with our favorite place to talk about our favorite place for hitters. Uh, you know, your Yankees heading into Colorado. Are you just starting everybody? Ivan Nova would get uh, outside of Ivan Nova and Chad Bettis.
2: Yeah, I mean the over/under on this game is twelve and a half right now, so that's high even for cores. So, I mean, I think you got to look at hitters on both sides of the game. You probably want most of the lefties on the Yankees. Um, you know, Gardner, Ellsbury, Brian McCann, those guys are all in play. You know, even the righties, though, I mean, if you want to stack them up, you throw A Rod and, and probably Starlin Castro will be the other guys to round out the top five of that order. I think that's okay. You definitely want the lefties on the other side as well. Charlie Blackman, uh, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, Arenado's very good in righty on righty matchups, so he's in play. You know, Trevor Story had a couple big hits yesterday. Uh, you know, Ike Davis actually for the Yankees is probably making his debut today. So you get another left handed bat in the Yankee lineup there. He could he could be another guy to consider. So yeah, I mean, we know that there's gonna be a ton of runs in this game. So you wanna try to have some some exposure, if not a lot of exposure. I mean, I think both these teams are expected to score six runs or more is the uh, you know, intrinsic value with uh with the twelve and a half spread. So, you know, having exposure here definitely makes a lot of sense.
1: I love the Ike Davis call. He is $2,000 on FanDuel, and look, yeah, he's Ike Davis, but anyone in Colorado who is in the starting lineup for $2,000 is an absolute steal. Benny could be in the lineup, you know, playing for his, his hometown Yankees in Colorado, and I'd put him in the lineup for 2000 so I like mm-hmm. that call, even though I'm not a huge Ike Davis fan, minus the fact that he's a member of the tribe, so... I do love that. Uh, good call there, Benny. Let's move on to uh, maybe a little bit less hitter-friendly game. Outside of the pitchers, who, who there are some options there uh, uh, to take advantage of, uh, Marlins heading into San Diego. Justin Nicolino against Luis Luis Perdomo. Do you know anything about Perdomo? Can you tell us a little bit, Benny? And, and are you putting some hitters in your lineups, even though these are not the best uh, offenses, though Miami's been all right lately?
2: Yeah, I mean, Perdomo's a, a right-handed pitcher. He has pitched a few um, innings up in the league. He's been, you know, basically minimum price. He's done a little bit of of relief pitching work out of the bullpen. So you know, he's not a guy that we have a ton of data on as a starter. But he's not a very good starter. So I do think you can take guys against him. I mean, it's a game in San Diego with a total that's approaching nine right now, which is something you don't see often in San Diego. Yeah, it's so. You know, I mean, I think both sides of this game make sense. Against Perdomo, you probably want the lefties. So guys like Dietrich, guys like Jelic, guys like Justin Boer, uh, you know, I'm staying completely away from Stan. And I know that he's incredibly cheap and people really want to put him in there. But he's just so bad right now. I mean, he's like 0 for his last 80 with like 67 strikeouts or something ridiculous like that. And that is a little bit of hyperbole, but really not much if you look at his stats. I mean, he has been that bad. Um, and then, on the other side, I actually really like the San Diego bats too. You know, San Diego hits left handed pitching pretty well. Guys like Will Myers make a little bit of sense, although he's very expensive. I like Matt Kemp. I like that price point. I think he's at like 3.2. Um, you know, you can throw Salarte in there if you want to. Derek Norris is a, a catching option. He's somebody else that I'll be looking at. So I think it's the bats in this game as well. But again, you know, you're going to take the bats in this game or you're going to take the bats in Coors Field. Anytime the guys are even remotely close to the same price, I think you have to defer to the, you know, huge 12.5 total we see in Coors right now. But, you know, throwing a guy like Matt Kemp in there for a little bit of exposure, maybe, a, you know, a Dietrich at second base, you know, I could see using a couple bats in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, obviously, I think you choose Coors over Petco, but, but right. I agree. And even a guy like Ozuna who's been better against lefties at 3400 that price is still too low for him. Uh, against a bad pitcher, and like you said, Nicolino, awful against right-handed hitters. So, uh, I think there's some uh, some opportunity there. All right, let's go to uh, a matchup with a pitcher who I'm guessing you're not putting anybody up against. Uh, but but the question is, are you going to have him in your lineup? He is not cheap. We've got Clayton Kershaw and his Dodgers heading in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks and Patrick Corbin, who's been hit or miss. Uh, Kershaw at thirteen thousand today. That still seems reasonable, right, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean, you have a a tough decision to make here today because especially if you're even playing only the early slate, we got some really good pitchers on the early slate, but you also have a Coors game that, you know, the guys are never cheap in. So if you want a guy like Kershaw, you're probably giving up Coors and you're going to have to go with a secondary game for most of your hitting options. You know, if you do want to have Coors bats in your lineup, then you're probably going to have to fade Kershaw. And it makes it a tough decision because I could see... 10 or 12 runs being scored in a course game and you needing exposure to that to win. And I can also see Kershaw going out and doing what he does and, you know, going eight or nine innings and striking out ten or eleven guys and only giving up one run and getting a win and putting up a huge number. So it's gonna be a tough balancing act for us today. But yeah, I mean if I'm taking anybody in this game, I'm looking at Kershaw, maybe a couple of the right-handed bats, uh, some of the cheaper outfield bats against Corbin. Guys like uh Kike Hernandez, maybe like a Trace Thompson, you know, Scott Van Slyke is back off the DL. He's a guy that's always hit left-handed pitching well, so you know that's pretty much where I'm going there. Kershaw, some of those right-handed bats, probably the only stuff I'd have in this game if I have anything.
1: Yeah, I'm very along the same lines. Though I will say, as as kind of a, I think it may be in a tournament if you want to stack your lineup. But uh, Corbin at 6,400 is mildly intriguing to me. He's had a he had a, a good outing a couple outings ago, and he looked good for like five innings his last outing, and then kind of lost it, but. The Dodgers are not, you know, an offensive juggernaut or anything, so maybe there's a, a nice contrarian play there. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on. 345 start in San Francisco as Jimmy Nelson heads into town to take on Johnny Cueto. Cueto has been just kind of under the radar outstanding this year and uh, really good lately, but yet the fourth uh, highest-priced pitcher on the board um, at, at only 10700 which seems high, but... Um, you're saving a few bucks compared to the top guys. Are you considering Cueto today?
2: Yeah, I kind of like him, um, and for the same reason that you just said, is that you're getting a nice little discount on him. He's going up against a Milwaukee team that does not hit right-handed pitching well. They do have a high strikeout rate, so I think it's a great spot for Cueto. Plus, he's at home in San Francisco, very good pitcher's ballpark, and he's been really dominant lately, so... You know, I think that he makes a a very viable swerve off of uh, Kershaw and allows you to fit in at least one, maybe two more of those course bets. So I think he's somebody that, you know, is definitely going to be on some of my rosters today.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you go through and look at it, like just his FanDuel points, like it's 42, 33, 42, 57, 60, 54, like those are his last six starts, so You know, if nothing else, you you could feel pretty good about the consistency you're getting. Um, How about on the other side? Are you trying to get any lefty bats up against Nelson or are you kind of stay away with all the other options on the day slate?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other options. But if you're going to take guys against uh, Jimmy Nelson, you know, he has a extreme splits difference. You know, right handed bats only hit about 200 against them and left-handers hit about 300 against them over the last two seasons. So, if you're going to take bats against them, you definitely want the lefties. So guys like Panic, um, maybe a guy like Denard Span, maybe a Brandon Bell, uh you know, Brandon Crawford in there. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of lefties in this lineup. I think they're all in a in a pretty decent spot. You know, again though, I mean, they're total four. San Francisco is only slightly above four. It's not a great hitter's ballpark. And you got to look at any of these guys compared to, well, what am I giving up from Coors Field if I'm going to take any of these guys? Because none of them are really cheap. They're all in, like, the mid to high 3K range, which is basically what you're paying for the bats and cores as well. So, you know, if you're asking me again with a game, you know, with a spread of 12 where both teams are expected to score six or more runs, you know, I think I'd rather just have exposure to cores for the same price.
1: Now, if you're looking at this day slate, this 405 start, the last day slate, I don't see how you get around having at least some players from both teams, even with the matchups here. We've got Chicago Cubs heading into Washington, Jason Hamill taking on Steven Strasburg. You know, do you avoid Strasburg or or are there just so many good bats in this game that you feel like you have to get some of them in your lineups?
2: Yeah, here's the way I'm looking at it. You know, I actually don't hate Hamill and I don't hate Strasburg, Uh but I don't. Want to really have a lot of bats against either one of them? I mean, I know that Cubs offense is very, very good, but you know, Strasburg's also very good. So I think they do get a couple runs against them, but I don't think they wind up blowing them up. So I don't think it's going to be a huge game for the Cubs bats. You know, if anything, I think you look for guys that can hit a home run as a one off because Strasburg does give up a couple home runs every once in a while, maybe like an Anthony Rizzo or a Chris Bryant. Um, you know, Then on the other side, you want the lefties, so maybe like a Bryce Harper or a Daniel Murphy going up against Jason Hamill, but again, I think both of these pitchers are pretty solid. It's a low total game. I don't think I'm using either one of these pitchers today because I like guys more that are in better spots, but I also don't think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to the bats against them.
1: Yeah, I feel very similarly. Even though the bats are attractive, it's it's kind of hard to to go up against those two guys. And, and uh, I do kind of like Hamill at 8,900. I, I think that's a, a decent upside play there, especially, again, it's it's one of those days where when you've got Kershaw and then a few guys in that 11, you know, high 10 range, um, it, it can make someone in that 8 to 9 range really save you some money and, and uh, worth the risk sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny, all right, before we get into the main slate, let me remind you that MLB season is here, and that means – the Daily Fantasy Baseball is in full swing. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Even the guys jackhammering right outside my door right now are playing on their phones and into it. It's just everyone's doing it. Everyone I know, it's it's just it's fun. It gives you a chance to have a new team every day and day. You're not beholden to injuries, to struggling players or whatever. It's just a fresh start. Join over 1 million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Again that's RWpod. Special offer for new users. Get a free 6-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code RWpod. That's my promo code RWpod for $60 in value for over t- for just 25 bucks. Over $60 for 25 bucks. Don't forget RWpod is the code that's fanduel.com where every day is a new season. That's fanduel f a n d u e l.com. Sign up today. Benny, how many times have you heard me do that FanDuel read this season?
2: A lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, probably 20 or 30. There how many go. pods have we done? Yeah. That's
1: right. But you know why, Benny? That's why I'm bringing it up, because I'm a professional, and I don't just copy and paste the same read that I do every day in. I do it every day with new ad living and new stuff, Benny, and that's why we bring it to you. Am I right, Benny?
2: And that's why you get the big bucks. <laughs>
1: Please, please tell the bosses I deserve the big bucks. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's get into that main slate before I get myself in trouble. We've got a knuckleballer on the hill, Benny. It is, I'm going to say, Boston, Baltimore and into Boston. Kevin Galsman taking on Stephen Wright. Both pitchers I like uh, to varying degrees. But, um, you know, let's get your analysis. But just as a quick add-on, how fun is it to have a legit good knuckleballer in, in Major League Baseball again?
2: Wow, that's kind of a dig on All Right Dickey, but uh, well,
1: you hey, know, we're, we're five, six years removed from him being good. I mean, since he won the Cy Young, like I, I'm not not ripping Dickey. All Right Dickey was yeah, really good. And since he was
2: part of the worst trade ever that sent Noah Syndergaard yeah, to uh, uh, you know, to the Mets, I'm sure they would want to do over on that one at this point. <laughs> but um, anyway, I mean, you're right. I mean, Wright has been very, very good this year uh you know both lefties and righties are are hitting right around 200 against them so he's been able to limit guys from both sides of the plate he actually pitched against this team uh, a couple weeks ago complete game four hitter with two earned runs uh 2 weeks ago so i mean you know we've already actually seen him go go ahead and shut down this baltimore uh, offense Baltimore does strike out a lot. I mean, the one guy who I am looking at is Manny Machado. And I look at the, you know, what guys have done against knuckleballers. Kind of BVP means a lot to me when you're talking about a knuckleball pitcher. And Machado doesn't have a lot of at-bats against Wright. But he is a guy who's 7 of 19 against Dickey, who's about the only comparable that we have to Wright. Uh, Three doubles against him as well. So if I'm using anybody, it's going to be Machado. But I kind of like Wright here. I mean, he's, you know... I keep expecting him to regress, but every game he comes out and just, you know, shuts down opposing offenses. So I don't see any reason why he can't do it here. And the other thing about a knuckleballer is he can throw 150 pitches in a game. So he's given you seven, eight, nine innings every time out there, which is a big deal because the longer he's in a game, he's getting your fantasy points for those innings. He's also getting your fantasy points for a couple strikeouts here and there. So I kind of like Steven Wright here. Not a huge fan of any of the Baltimore bats outside of, uh... You know, Machado. On the other side though, I do like Boston bats today. Uh Gaussman is a guy who has reverse splits. So right-handed bats kind of you know, hit hit for a higher average against them. About a two eighty average over the last two years. They have a high home run rate. You know, this is the team that Mookie Betts had the two home run game against the last time, and I think he profiles great against Gaussman. So I like him as a guy you could use Uh, You know, Pedroia is 5 of 14 lifetime against Gaussman. All the right-handed bats are the guys that have good numbers against them. And then David Ortiz just absolutely smashed his uh, righties. He's been doing it his whole career, 430 Woba, 300 ISO score. He's 7 of 16 with two home runs off Gaussman as well. So all the righties at the top of the order and Ortiz, I think, are in play. Um, you know, I definitely want some Boston exposure here, both with the pitching and with some of their bets.
1: Yeah, I agree. Even throw JBJ in there, hit another homer yesterday. He's been hot again lately, really really having a good year uh, for Jackie Bradley Jr. And it is interesting because Kevin Gausman is pitching, both according to ESPN and MLB.com. Basically, anyone out there puts out a schedule, but FanDuel has Tyler Wilson uh, as the option for pitching. So, Be careful there. Uh, A, you know, you never know, and maybe Wilson will end up getting a start, but more likely just be careful thinking you're uh, going up against Tyler Wilson and it's actually Gaussman or, you know – God forbid, filling out a lineup with Tyler Wilson and not, not mm-hmm. having a pitcher. So, so just be careful there. Sometimes there are those discrepancies between the actual schedule and what FanDuel has up that you have to you know, pay attention for. All right, Benny, let's move on. 705 are here in Philadelphia as the the aforementioned Blue Jays head into town. Marco Estrada taking on Jeremy Hellickson. Estrada's been really good lately, Benny.
2: Yeah, I actually kind of like Estrada here. Uh, 257 ERA for him on the year. His whip is only one, 71 strikeouts and 80 innings. You know, both righties and lefties are hitting under 220 against them. You know, and Philly, I mean, you know, I know you're a Philly guy, but this offense isn't all that good. Oh, yeah, you know, we they, suck, Benny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> real real right, quick, so the Phillies have lost 18 of 24
1: it. Yeah. games. This is not a good baseball team. They never were. They got really lucky. The future is bright, but right now they suck.
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the pitching. The pitching for the Phillies has been good this year. But, you know, the offense is what's let him down. So Estrada's been pretty solid. He's not a high strikeout guy, so I don't know if I'm going to be using him all that much. But I'm definitely not going to be taking too many bats against him. And then, honestly, even on the other side, you know, Jeremy Hellickson's been pretty good this year as well. And this Blue Jays offense has just not been all that good. You know, they, they aren't scoring runs like they had been last year. Hellickson is tough on right-handed batters. It's a very right-handed, dominant lineup. You know, the one guy who I do kind of like a little bit is Michael Saunders. Uh, you know, the one lefty bat that hits towards the top of the order for them. But even Saunders is a little expensive at 3.7K. So, you know, I, I don't really think I'm, I'm using either one of these pitchers, but I also don't think I'm really going to be targeting against them.
1: Yeah, I, I actually really like Estrada with you as well. I, I know you said you weren't going to use him likely, but for 8,600, he's averaging 42 FanDuel points over his last five outings. And again, the Phillies just are bad at hitting, man. Like, they really are. Um, they're better, uh, better equipped to match up against lefties than righties uh, now, um, which never used to be the case in the past. But um, either way, I think... Uh, I like Estradi. He's been really good. And, and same thing with Helixson. I mean, Helixson's been solid and at 6,900. I mean, you know, you look at the list of pitchers that low on the, on the, you know, board today. And, and it's really only him and Corbin that kind of really jump out at you. Desclafani maybe, but we'll get into that. And, and maybe one guy at the very bottom that is a kind of interesting base off his last start. But for the most part, I think Helixson uh, of the very low, low price guys, um, Is maybe the safest bet, if you know what I mean. Um, All right, 7 10 start in Atlanta. We've got a a guy I just mentioned and a guy I just alluded to, Anthony Desclafani, taking on Bud Norris, who, uh, I mean, is there any value? I mean, Bud Norris is, you know, dirt cheap today, uh, coming off just a terrific, terrific showing in that $6,000 for Bud Norris today um, against a bad offense. Is there any way you could take this risk, Benny?
2: I mean, in a tournament, I think it's worth it, but I got to be honest with you. We know who Bud Norris is. He's been around for a couple years now. Yeah, he threw a couple solid starts, I think, in his last two. Definitely the last one. What did he go against, like the Cubs or something? Yeah,
1: seven innings, one run, like six Ks. He He was good. He was good.
2: You know, I mean, if you want to take a chance in a tournament that he can repeat that, that's fine. But this is a guy who we've seen in the league for a couple years, and it really just hasn't been who he is. You know, normally left-handed bats hit him pretty well, higher average against him the last three years. You know, the last two years, he's given up 13 home runs and 58 innings to left-handed bats. So. I think if you're going to do anything here, you want to look at some of these lefties on Cincinnati. Guys like uh Joey Vado probably makes a little bit of sense, Jay Bruce. Guys that have some home run upside, you know. I know Atlanta's not a great hitters park, but you know, I don't I don't trust Bud Norris. I don't think that he's going to go out there and just start dealing and and be like a Cy Young candidate for the rest of the year. You know, he's a guy that has always gotten knocked around for a bunch of runs, especially by lefties. So, I expect that to continue. And then even on the other side, you know, D Scalfani, people are like, oh, he had a pretty good first start. He only gave up one run, went six innings. He gave up like nine hits and four walks in that game. He stranded two or three runners on base every one of those six innings. He got very lucky to get out of that game with only giving up one run. So he's another guy that we've seen up at this level before. He's rounding himself back into shape. And even when he's at his his best, I don't think he's a guy that is gonna shut down an opposing offense. So I actually like a couple bats on Atlanta today. I like Malik Smith if he's gonna be leading off again. You know, left-handed bat does well against right-handed pitching. I think he's got about a 380 WOBA, uh 206 ISO against righties, so he makes sense. Plus he has that stolen base upside for you. And then Freddie Freeman, you know, the biggest left-handed bat they have in that team. 367 Woba guy, two eighteen ISO, so I'd rather use guys like Malek and Freeman and guys like Votto and Bruce than any of the pitchers in this game.
1: Yeah, But Naris, there's a reason he has a four and a half career ERA and a one four career whip. He's just not a very good pitcher. And, uh, who would have thought you'd be not mentioning some Braves? But uh, we did see these two teams put up, what, like 15 combined runs a couple nights ago. So, yeah. um, you know, they're bad offenses, but bad pitching can, can sometimes even supersede bad offenses. Mm-hmm. All right, Benny, let's uh, move on uh, to a game with at least one really good pitcher and one less so good. Uh, as we go to New York, as Noah Syndergaard and the Mets host Jeffrey Locke. I'm going Jeffrey. Because he's been so bad, I feel like I need to change his name to try and... Uh, Jeff Locke, the lefty for the Pirates. Uh, are 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 you willing to put some of these uh, ice-cold Mets bats in your lineup? And uh, Syndergaard at 10,400 or 700, whatever he is. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good deal.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I like Syndergaard. I mean, he's been nasty. ERA a two, a whip of one. You know, 95 strikeouts, 77 innings pitched. If you want to attack him, you usually do it with left-handed bats, so... You know Polanco and Jaso probably being those two left-handed bats, but I mean I'm not taking anybody against them either. So if I do anything, it would be taking Cindergard on my team. I think he's going to have another good start here. And then even on the other side, though, I mean Jeff Locke could be a sneaky guy here today because this Mets offense is just horrible right now. The one bat on the Mets offense that's hitting is uh... Cespedus. He's got multiple hits in four of his last five games. He is legitimately the only bat on the Mets that I would be looking at today. Uh, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, Locke's normally a guy we pick on, but you know, this Mets offense has just been that bad. I mean, they almost got no hit last night by a guy making his second career, um, MLB start, although he is a pretty good pitcher. And you know, was it Tyon? Tyon um, yeah. you know, he, he, he looked pretty good last night, but I think it also has a lot to do with the fact that this offense right now with a couple of the injuries, they're just not a good offense. Yeah, I agree. I don't
1: know if I'd have the balls to trust Locke, but I love the reasoning and. uh I did watch last night, though. Uh, I watched uh, a good six or seven innings of that game. Jameson Tyon's legit, man. Yeah, <laughs> That kid is legit. Tons of movement on the fastball, late break. His curve is like a, a legit out pitch. So uh, I, I think that kid's going to be something special. So, uh, But agreed, in general, this Mets offense has stunk. And if you have the cojones... Uh, I think it's certainly worth rolling lockout in a tournament lineup or two. All right, last of our 7-10 starts in Tampa Bay. Drew Smiley has really been struggling, taking on former Ray Nate Carnes and the Mariners. Uh, Are you playing guys against Smiley? Because he's been atrocious every single time out. They skipped him in the rotation last week, hoping some rest might get him going or or help him out. Uh, Where do you kind of stand on this, Ben?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually in love with Nelson Cruz today. You know, Smiley's given up 46 hits in his last six games and has basically only gone like five innings in each one of them. So his whip right now is over one and a half, and he's given up home runs in six of those eight games, and five of those six games has been more than one home run that he's given up. So, you know, I know Smiley's a guy that people were using and people like at the beginning of the year, but whatever's wrong with him, he's not pitching at his best right now. And then you look at a guy like Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz absolutely smashes left-handed pitching, like just absolutely eye-popping insane numbers, a lot of power against lefties. Even in a ballpark like Tampa Bay, that's not great. Um, You know, Cruz is just a stud against left-handed pitching. So I like Cruz a lot, and I also really like Nate Carnes in this game you know Tampa Bay has a high strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. Cards is a guy that has some strikeout upside, you know, he's averaging over uh 9 strikeouts per 9 innings right now through 2016. I don't think this is a very good spot for Tampa Bay. There are no left-handed bats on that team that scare me. Corey Dickerson is not somebody that I'd be afraid to use carnes against. So, you know, I think Nate Carnes is in a good spot here. I think Nelson Cruz is in a good spot. Chris Ionetta is a decent catching option. Uh you know, Franklin Gutierrez another guy that hits a uh, left handed pitching well. You know, I, I have no problem going against Smiley. I do have a problem using Tampa Bay bats today though. I think Carnes is, you know, one of the, the salary saver pitchers that you can save a little bit of money that I'm gonna be using in tournaments.
1: You know I love Goot. My man, Goot. I love to call Gutierrez Goot. I don't know why. I have a weird thing with names, Benny, in case you haven't noticed. It's all good. Yeah, like uh, like Julius Chassin. Anyway, moving on, we go to a 750. I agree with everything you said there, by the way. I'm not – Smiley is going nowhere near my lineup. Like righties against him, and the Cardinals play is nice as well. Uh, though one guy who uh, – Steve Pierce batting 500 over the last two weeks, 12 for 24, so – uh, not a great matchup for him, but just in general, keep an eye on Steve Pierce. All right, seven fifteen start in St. Louis as Houston heads the town. We got Colin McHugh against the uh, finally not sucking Adam Wainwright. Does Wainwright keep it up, and are, are you considering putting him in your lineup?
2: Oh man, it, it's tough because he was that bad earlier in the year, and he was really good in his last two games. Houston is a high strikeout team against right-handed pitching. You know, they got a very right-handed dominant lineup, especially up towards the top. I think it's one of those situations where I'm definitely not using him in cash, and I don't think I'm going to have any of the Houston bats in cash either. I think you either want to take Wainwright in a tournament or you want to stack up Houston because he's either going to be really good um, because I do think it's a pretty decent matchup for him or if those last two games were just an aberration and he's really not as good a pitcher as we think he is anymore, then, you know, Houston is one of those teams that you you either want to be all in on them or all in against them. So I think if you're playing in a tournament and you're somebody who has, like, multiple lineups, you take Wainwright on one team and then you also take a team with, you know, all the big right-handed bats on Houston. Because I can honestly see it going one way or the other. Either, you know, he gives up seven runs in three innings and gets shelled, or he goes seven innings and gets seven strikeouts and only one or two runs and, you know, puts up a big game. I don't think it's going to be anywhere in the middle. I think it's going to be one of the two extremes.
1: I agree. Uh, I think I'd take a risk on Wainwright. Column Q stinks, so definitely get some Cardinals in your lineup as well. A 10 start in Chicago. Chris Sale, who has uh, uh, slowed down after a uh, uh, white-hot start, Uh, Taking on Mike Pelfrey, who's pretty much always stung for the Tigers. What are you doing in this one, Benny?
2: Yeah, I can't use Sale tonight, but I also can't use any of the Detroit bats against him. He has given up a couple solo home runs, and I think maybe like a a J.D. Martinez would be a guy who I would look at to to be somebody who could get a home run off him. But do you really want to take bats against Chris Sale? So for me, I'm not using Sale because this Detroit team is right-handed dominant and hits lefties well, but I'm also not using any of them because I don't think they're going to wind up putting seven or eight runs up against him and having a big day. On the other side of the game, I do I do want to take guys against Pelfrey. Uh, you know, Jose Abreu's been really hot lately. He's somebody in play. Tim Anderson, who is their rookie that they called up, they sent Jimmy Rollins down or, you know, designated him for assignment, whatever they did with him. Uh Anderson has been leading off and starting at the top of that order for them. So I think he's a guy I could take a look at. And then Adam Eaton who kind of hits in between those two guys in the two hole. He's probably somebody else I wouldn't mind having 355 woba against right-handed pitching. Uh, you know, Pelfrey doesn't give up a lot of home runs. He's more of a ground ball pitcher, but he does give up a lot of hits and a pretty high average. So I have no problem using Anderson as a cheap option. I have no problem using Abreu with the way he's been hitting. And then Adam Eaton would be the other guy that I think you can throw in there if you need a, you know, kind of a cheap outfielder. That's just a solid cash game play.
1: Yeah, Anderson 2200 one of the plays of the day out of batting out of that leadoff spot with that matchup. Uh Enigree sailed eleven thousand, just just not enough of a discount for the way he's been pitching to throw him in there. All right, three games left on the slate here, eight fifteen starting Kansas City. We got another AL Central clash here as Corey Kluber has turned his game around heading in to take on Ian Kennedy. Uh what do you think of Kluber at ten thousand and are you getting any bats up in this game?
2: I, I want Kluber, a little bit of Kluber exposure in a tournament. You know, he's very tough on righties. He's been pretty good uh, lately. Left-handed bats aren't great against him either. You know, whip a one, ERA is 365, a little over a strikeout per inning. So I think he's kind of solid. There's no bats on Kansas City I, I'm looking to use. They're not really in a good spot. Uh, against Ian Kennedy, though, there are a couple guys in this uh, Indians team that have hit him well. You know, Rajay Davis is five or ten against them lifetime from the top of that order. I don't mind Davis. Uh, Lonnie hall four or six against them. Francisco Lindor four or six against them. You know, Kennedy does have a high home run rate uh, to both left and right-handed bats. He does give up a lot of fly balls. So the guys like Napoli and Santana, the power hitters that can get the ball in the air, uh, you know, they have bad bad history against him but either one of those guys with one swing I think can you know change this game so I like Chisholm Hall I like Davis I like Lindor and then if I'm rounding out a stack of Cleveland guys which I don't think is a horrible idea uh you know I'd probably use like a Santana or a Napoli to do it
1: T uh we have two games left on the site here we go from two AL Central classes to uh, three AL West teams and one AL Central team the first, uh, first matchup of 10.05 we've got a AL Central team as I said Minnesota and Tyler Duffy heading in to take on the LA Angels and Hector Santiago ugly matchup here Benny is there any way to make some money out of this one
2: I mean, Duffy in his last four games has given up an average of nine hits and five runs in less than five innings. So I think picking on him definitely makes some sense. You know, Mike, Mike Trout's the guy that stands out. You know, maybe a Jeffrey Marte if you want to throw him in there. There's not a lot of bets I really love on this, on this Angels team. Uh then you look at the other side of this game, you know, Hector Santiago hasn't been good lately either. He's been getting shelled. Uh his hits, his walks, his home runs are all back up in his last couple starts. Guy with a high home run rate, so you know, you look at all those right handed bats that have a little bit of a pop in the middle of that order. You know, Robbie Grossman's been on fire. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, Dozier, byung Ho Park, and all hit a home run. Eduardo Nunez has been very good this year on top of that order. So I have no problem looking at, uh, you know, looking at bats on either side of this game. I don't like either one of these pitchers.
1: Agree 100%. Even though their bats are not very exciting, I think. There's going to be some runs scored to take advantage. Benny, let's finish out the night on another 10:05 start in Oakland. as uh, Sonny Gray making his second start since being back from the disabled. I believe maybe third, but uh, back recently and looked a little better against uh, Derek Holland, who, you know, you never know, hit or miss lefty. What, what do you think about this one, Benny? Where, where are you kind of leaning?
2: Yeah, you know, Texas has been pretty good against right-handed pitching, but Gray did look very good in his return. He's a guy that I won't be using. He doesn't have high strikeout stuff, so he doesn't put up huge numbers even when he's good. But he also tends to keep teams off balance, so I don't think I want to have a lot of exposure to Texas. You know, I'd look at maybe like a Sin Suu Chu who is back in the lineup now. Maybe, you know, Nomar Mazzara, who I love, you know, one of my favorite young players. You know, Odor, Fielder, you know, they might make a little bit of sense. And then on the other side of the game, he got a lefty and Derek Holland. And this Oakland team's actually been hitting lefties pretty well. Uh, Danny Valencia has always hit lefties well. Four hundred woba, two hundred ISO for him. Uh, Marcus in the shortstop, has been hitting them pretty well. Chris Davis has some power against left-handed pitching. So, if anything, I like the bats more than I like the pitchers in this one. But I mean. I don't really think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to this game on either side. Although some of the guys that I mentioned definitely make good tournament plays.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I like some of those uh, some of those Rangers bats and tournaments, the Profaros, the Odors, stuff like that. But um, I agree. I think for the most part, this game feels stay away ish. To mm-hmm. me. So that's gonna round out the slate, Benny. We get to do it again tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Benny and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, Benny is fully back in the swing, right? You're you're off Las Vegas time and you're back on, you know, DFS time.
2: Yeah, pretty much for the most part. I mean, like I said to you, my wife actually had to go to Atlanta for business, so. I've been burning the candle at both ends, taking care of the kids as well. So I slept three hours a night in Las Vegas, and I'm still sleeping three hours a night now at home. So <laughs> well, nothing really changed.
1: <laughs> you can't tell. He's a pro. You can't tell. So Benny and I will be back tomorrow bright and early. We appreciate it for James Seltzer and Benny Ricciardi. This has been the RotoWire DFS podcast for June 15th. We'll be back with you tomorrow, June 16th. Good luck. Go out. Win some money.